behind me is this beautiful ocean, and uh, right now it feels very, very peaceful. The waves are crashing in, and uh, it's just a beautiful sunrise and sunsets that happen out here. But what's crazy is sometimes this ocean that right now seems peaceful and tranquil can turn into a raging storm. It doesn't feel so peaceful. In fact, the storm comes in and begins to wash out the shoreline and begins to do damage. And sometimes life feels that way. Sometimes life feels a little bit like everything's going great, peace is all around, and then a storm comes through and it begins to churn everything up. Today we're gonna to be talking about what it means to have peace in the midst of the storm. In fact, Jesus said, peace I give you. And we're gonna dig into what that means, to have peace in the midst of the storm. Because this right here is exactly how God desired it to be. You know, as you sit there and hear those waves, how many of you does it take to a special place? Come on. Oh, yeah. You know, I was sitting there this week, and I was down in Florida for a conference, actually, and we got away one day. We had got a, uh, down there a little bit early on Monday, and so we were able to go to the beach. And we were catching the sunrise, and I literally was just sitting there, and all I was thinking about was, man, it is just so peaceful and just so tranquil. And I started thinking about how many times I found myself up here in Michigan and, and would just find myself sitting there looking at the sunset. In fact, Kasha even said that she's like, we have some of the most beautiful sunsets here in Lenaway County. Like, just the, the way the sky lights up and just just overall the, the cornfields and all those different things like it's just and, and I know unless you live here people would say no no the sunset on some place like this is so much more beautiful but but there's something simple about just a simple moment of seeing a sunset or a simple moment I know uh, we have hunters in the house you know who tell me this they're like the thing I love the most is getting out and sitting in my tree stand before you know before the light comes up so that you you don't disturb Bambi that you're getting ready to try to take down and they say there's just something about sitting there and just taking in the nature and all these things in fact there's so much peace in that moment and as you sit here and hear these waves you may be sitting here and not feeling so peaceful in fact maybe for you today you're like my life feels nothing like the peaceful oceanside setting or peaceful sunset and Lenaway in fact my life feels a little bit like chaos my life feels a little bit like it's overwhelming to me right now if I was to sit here and allow this to keep going what I know would happen is is you would fall asleep so let's transition <laughs> you know the definition of peace is this is by definition it is the state of tranquility or quiet 
harmony in personal relations, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, peace. In fact, look at your neighbor right now and just say this. Say, peace. Now, this is more than just somebody standing out there and saying, peace, dude. It's more than that. It's more than those moments. We're talking about something that actually Jesus said he has given to you and me. He has given us a state of tranquility or quiet. He has given us harmony in our personal relations. He has given us freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts and emotions. Freedom. In fact, if I was to kind of put a definition, I would say peace is this. It's freedom from. It's freedom from. It's freedom from all the things that would come at you. It's, it's freedom from technology. It's freedom from media. It's, it's freedom from stressful relationships. It's freedom from work. It's freedom from all these different things. And I think for some of us, we think that peace is this um, elusive thing. It's something that we can't get a hold of. It, it, it seems like when someone would say, you know, what do you want for the world? And someone would say, I want world peace. We would look at that and go, oh, that, that's great. No, but what do you really want? Because that's not going to happen, right? That's what we would say in our minds. That's just, that's just too far gone. Peace across the world, that's just, that, that's not, that, that can't be. And I think what has happened is, is that we have bought into a lie and we have thought that our own lives can't have peace. So what happens is we live differently. We think differently. This week, as I was um, sleeping, <laughs> the Lord woke me up, and he's been doing that lately. He's been waking me up uh, in the middle of the morning, um, early in the morning, and many times he's saying, Brian, let's, let's, let's spend some time together. Brian, come on. And, and I kind of argue with the Lord as I lay there in bed. I'm like, God, I'm tired. And he's like, come on, I, I just want to hang out. And I'm just like, but Lord, I'm, I'm tired, and so I just need some supernatural strength. Well, why don't you just come hang out with me, Brian, and then, and then I, I can give you more. Like, you just, you got you to spend time with me. And I'm like, but my bed sounds so nice right now. And, and the Lord woke me up again this week, and as, as he woke me up, it was um, earlier in the week, and uh, it was either Monday or Tuesday, he woke me up, and he's like, Brian, I want you to speak this weekend on peace. And I was literally like, but God, I, I was planning on talking on prayer. I was just going to keep going through the Sermon on the Mount, and it, it just was naturally going to fall in. We were going to get right into the Lord's Prayer, and I was going to walk, walk through that and work through this whole thing on prayer. And the Lord's like, no, Brian, I want you to talk on peace. So whether it's for one of you or all of you, somebody here needs to hear about peace today. And you woke me up early in the morning <laughs> so you could have peace. But I did get up and I went out and I was sitting out in the, um, in the area. And what was so cool is God just, God just, God's always so cool. He's just, he's, he's, so, he's just so good. He's so, so good. Uh, we, were, we were staying at this hotel and um, the first night when we got there, um, when we were staying there, it only had a queen-size bed in the room, and so I was like, 
I just went down to the front desk the next day when we were going to get breakfast, and I just had mentioned to him, I said, hey, you know, I noticed the room has a queen-size bed. I thought we were going to get a king. Is there any way to get a king? And they were like, well, um, let me see what I can do. And then they're like, just check back with us in the morning. So then the, the next morning, you know, we check in, and there's this young lady named Anna in there. And so I'm like, hey, Anna, how are you? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, if you're just nice to people, you would be surprised what happens in your life. I mean, if you're just nice to them, like you don't, you don't have to be overly nice, just be nice to them. Don't go in there and be like, I thought I was going to have a king-size bed. Instead, I just went up and I was like, yeah, I just, you know, and just being nice to her and friendly. And she's like, well, let me see what I can do. I'm like, okay, great, whatever. It, it really doesn't, like if you can, fantastic. So later, uh, we get the call and we go up to the desk and, and Kasha had already went back to the room to get something. And, and so I'm like, hey. And the lady's like, oh, she goes, I, I decided um, I'm going to hook you up, and I, 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 just want, I just want you to be blessed is what she said. And then she said this, I, I gave you just a, a little bit bigger room. And I was like, well, thank you very much. She's like, so go over here, you know, to this other place. So we go down there. She didn't give us a bigger room. She gave us a two-bedroom, full-size condo with two living rooms in it, a full kitchen, two baths, private parking underneath it, and, and an ocean view. And I was like, this doesn't cost anything extra, right? <laughs> She's like, no, I just, just wanted to be a blessing. And, and, and do you know what happened? Every day when we would go to, go to get breakfast, Anna was there behind the desk, and I would look at Anna, and I would be like, man, thank you for the hookup. And every day I had this big smile on my face and, and all those moments were happening there and, you, and you're sitting there in that type of a moment and the Lord just kept speaking to me, Brian, it's about peace. And peace is not based on just your circumstances. Peace is actually found in the character and nature of who God is. Because here's, here's what, we can't just have peace when we get the upgrade. We need to have peace even when we don't get the upgrade. We need to have peace even when the flight gets canceled or you miss it, like Cindy was talking about earlier. And yet God's like, well, let me just, if you're just operating peace and you just walk through these moments of peace. So last Sunday, I, I, had, to, I had to get out of here. I had to catch a flight. Um, you know, second gathering, we normally get done around 1230 and um, I had a flight out of Detroit at 1.50. So last week we got done at 12.15. And uh, still at 12.15, that's pushing it, right? And so we, we, we take off and, and um, <laughs> I won't say who, but someone was driving me and and in my mind, I had, thought, I had thought, you need to accelerate faster than what you're accelerating. <laughs> and, um, you know, they were going about five over and stuff like that. And honestly, there were times, and we just got to talking and stuff. And I think some of those times, like, they kind of let off the you know, gas a little bit sometimes. And I honestly, I was looking over at them, and I was just like, dude, I got to get to the airport. I, and... And so I get to the airport, and, and literally everything had to fall right into place, right, for me, for me to get through TSA. I'm just telling you, don't, don't normally do this, but, but I did. I, I, I walked through everything. I got up to TSA pre, because I have the TSA pre, which does help a lot. But I got up there. There was only like four people in front of me. I literally 
just waited just a moment, got up there. I got through all of TSA, the whole process, in less than five minutes. Then all of a sudden, I go, I go down the elevator, and I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta run. So I'm that crazy guy running through the airport. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at Detroit, if you come, when you come into Detroit, you come right in the middle. And uh, I was at gate A5. And if you know, that means it's on the farthest side all the way at the end. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a workout in. So I'm, I'm running. I run down there. I mean, and I'm not in the best shape. I'm in a round shape, not the best shape. And uh, I get down there, and, and I'm like, I start coughing a little bit. And then all of a sudden I realize that the plane has been delayed. And so, which is awesome because I, I made the flight and everything. But at the same time, I'm like, I didn't even have to run. I could have walked down there and been completely okay. But I get on the plane and send a message to all the staff and said, I told you I could do it because no one believed me that I could. And, and I'm sitting there in that moment. I get on the plane and find myself getting down to um, Fort Myers. And, and there's just this moment where the Lord is just teaching me once again, Brian, if you'll just rest in me, I've got everything worked out. See, I was thinking you had to speed to get there. You didn't really have to speed to get there. I, I was thinking that I was going to have to do the run to get there. I didn't have to do the run to get there. It was just like the Lord was like, Brian, if you'll just, did you ever think to ask me, do you need to run? Did, did you ever think, Brian, to ask me, like, like if I was going to take care of everything? Because I knew in my spirit, I really felt in my spirit like I was going to be able to make this flight. I, I really felt like that. I felt like the Lord was going to allow that. I had something that night that I was supposed to be at, at 6 o'clock in Fort Myers. And I made it to the 6 o'clock thing in Fort Myers. Most other guys had, didn't even preach. A lot of the guys who were there, they, just, they had someone else speak at their churches. But, but I was like, no, I, I really felt like this. And I think sometimes what happens, and, I, and it's interesting that Cindy alluded to it, the way she did, is sometimes what we try to do to accomplish and to receive peace is we try to make peace happen instead of just resting in peace. We're, we're, we want to get everything just right, and so then we go hurrying through life when, when the Lord is really looking at you and I and he's saying, listen, if you just find peace in me, then you'll find everything you need. So here I am in there, the Lord's woken me up, said, Brian, spend time, you know, uh, preach on peace. I start reading this book called Addicted to Busyness. And uh, I've been trying to read it for a while, actually, um, but I've been too busy. <laughs> and I'm not joking, I've been trying to read this book for like over a year. <laughs> and uh, I've just been like too busy. And so I start reading this book and, um, and sure enough, the whole book isn't just on busyness, really. It's all about peace. And uh, I'm spending time in this book, and one of the things that jumped out at me is, is uh, the author, Brady Boyd. He's the pastor at New Life Church. He's the pastor that actually followed Ted Haggard um, in, in um, Colorado Springs uh, after all of that had gone on in his life. And he shares his story and just how so many times in life we become addicted to busyness. It's almost like a badge of honor that we wear around. When people say, you know, like, 
so how, how was your week? You're like, oh man, it was so busy. And it's almost like we, we take pride in it. We're like, yeah, we are so important that we're busy. Because people who aren't busy are not important. Because, you know, like the demands on my life are just so much that I'm just so busy. And the Lord's been dealing with me about that for a long time now because my response a lot of times when people say, how was your week? Is, oh, I was just so busy. Oh, it was just so busy. In fact, when we were at this uh, the conference, a lot of the pastors I'm coaching, hey, Brian, how's how things going? And, and, and I would say, man, you know, there's just things that require some attention right now uh, from me. And they're like, oh, so you're just busy. No, 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 I'm not busy. They're just requiring my attention right now. And so that's just a season that we're in. But Brady Boyd talks about this in his book. He says, God is not merely a peaceful person. God, in fact, is peace. When you and I sit in God's presence, we're sitting in the presence of peace. And when we sit there, actually stay there, quiet, still, we come away breathing differently. We come away with steadied souls. He says, from there, astoundingly, we become people of peace, and we can become more like God. Think about that, and think about the the middle statement in there where he says, when you and I sit in God's presence, we're sitting in the presence of peace. When I first read that, immediately my spirit said, that's why you love worship so much, Brian. It's because every time I find myself in a moment of worship, just like today, just like earlier this morning when I was in my office by myself and listening to a worship song, when I just find myself in God's presence, there's just peace. There's like this moment where it's like, ah, Forget about everything else that's going on around me. Forget about the demands of life. Forget about what is going on. No, I just want to be in God's presence. And, and in God's presence is peace. Can I just tell you, you should be addicted to God's presence. You should be like, man, any time and any moment I can get in God's presence, like, that's what I want. I just, I want to be in God's presence. Like, if I can gather together with other people who, in a moment of worship and be in God's presence, I'm going to be there. If I can gather together and listen to a message and be challenged through that message and be in God's presence, I'm going to be there. If I can gather my family together in my home and we can sit down and have prayer together and we can be in God's presence, I want to be there. You and I should be like addicted to Jesus junkies. Addicted to Jesus' presence. Like, we should be like, man, I just, I just want to be in God's presence. And then what should happen in those moments is, is not only are we addicted to God's presence, but literally we go into environments with the presence of God, and we just start giving it away to people. And people start going, man, what do you got? Because there's something different about you. You change the environment. People have always told me for years, Brian, you change the environment. But you know what? It's not me that changes the environment. It's just the guy I got with me. Because every time I bring Jesus into the room and I allow a smile to be on my face and allow God, who God has created me to be, to just, just to be me. Just be me. And early on in ministry, I had to learn just to be me. Just look at your neighbor right now and say, just be you. Just be you. Just be who God has called you to be. But here's what happens. The enemy has found a way to get in on us. He's found a way to come in and try to destroy our lives, and he uses this busyness. Let's just be honest. I think many of us, and I'll say myself included, I'm addicted to being busy. 
I'm addicted to being busy. See, each and every one of us have this problem where we're moving too fast for too long and in too many areas and aspects of life. And in and, and every problem, and, and here's what I can tell you, in every problem I see, and I see quite a few problems as a pastor around, you know, like you, you have this viewpoint to be able to see those things. But in every problem that I see, here's what I see. In a lot of those problems, we think that we can, if we'll just keep going, then we'll somehow make it through. If we can just keep busy, then, then somehow we'll be able to make it through. If we can just keep plowing ahead, if we can just stay focused, if we, can just, if we can just push through all the junk that's around us, like if I can just focus in on this area, then somehow that will fill the void in our life. But here's what I need to tell you right now. You're just simply addicted to being busy. And busyness is not going to fill any void in your life or in my life. See, life is filled with moments of taking in. It's like the rhythm of just breathing. There's a rhythm that takes place in your body naturally where you breathe in and you breathe out. Literally, as I'm standing in front of you, and even though I'm speaking, there is a natural rhythm that is happening as my body is taking oxygen in and my body is taking, pushing oxygen out. There's a rhythm to life. There's a rhythm to what we're doing. But what has happened is, is we think we can cheat the rhythm of life. And so we chase after the buzz of busy living. Just think about how many people, just even with just being in the presence of God, a lot of people are like, man, my kids are in all these sports, and travel sports are now competing with Sunday mornings. It's crazy. We have an organization that's called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes that now has, and I know I'm getting ready to throw them under the bus, but shame on them. So here we go. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes has games on Sunday morning. So now parents have to pick. And we keep our kids busy, and parents are like, i got to keep my kid here. My kid needs to be in this, and my kid needs to be in this. I was reading this article, and it was so interesting. This guy said this. He said, think about how much money people spend on travel sports. And he's like, parents think, well, i gotta, I got to get my kid, and I have to have him in all the right places because he could get a scholarship, and he could get money towards his scholarship. Scholarship. And this article was talking about if you literally just took the money that you spend on travel sports over those years and gas and literally a hotel, and if you did all that, you would actually find you'll have more money if you saved your money and lived a normal life than actually thinking your kid has to be involved in every little thing. My son Gabe is a great, great soccer player. But praise God, he does not play travel sports anymore. He's great. But is he going to go to college and play somewhere? I don't know. And he doesn't know. And we're okay with either. He's focusing in on the things that are important. Oh, there he is right there. Hey, Gabe. <laughs> when he was young, he said he was going to play professional sports. And I was like, yes. And, and we asked everyone, what do you got to do to have him play? Oh, he has to be at all these different things. He's, he's got to play on this club and this club and this and this and this. And, and we just said as a family, no, we're not going to be busy. Because here's, here's some danger signs this morning that maybe you have a busyness addiction. Here we go. First is this, is, is you feel like you're in, the, in your glory when you're the busiest. You feel like you're in your glory when you're the business. Here's what I mean by that. Like, you, you're like, dude, I am so good in the busy. You're like, I am, 
like everything is firing on all cylinders when I got this going over here and this going over here and I'm bringing this kid to this practice and this kid to this practice. Can I just say, just stop? Because what you're going to find is that you're actually not your best. (laughs) You're not in your glory when you are in your busiest. You see, we love how success feels and we think success is busyness. And we don't want to unplug. We don't want to relax. Because what happens is, is we have become these speed and wild success junkies. We think that the more busier we are, that the more successful we are. Now, I know as people get older, because I'm watching my own parents do this, that they are beginning to get into a different rhythm of life. They don't like the busyness. They're like, man, I, I don't want to be busy like that. I, I just, I like the simplicity. My mom loves getting up, calling her sisters on the phone, drinking her coffee, staying in her robe all morning. Like, she loves it. She's like, this is fantastic. She's like, I don't need to be busy to think I'm important. I, I'm ready for a new season in life. And can, can I just say to all the young people, we need to learn from the older people. Watch them. Watch how they live life. You're like, yeah, but they're retired now, so they can do that. Then retire early. (laughs) Maybe don't live in such a big house. Maybe don't have such big debt. Why not just, why not just, let's just, let's just not be so busy. And I'm preaching to myself this morning. Just as much. Someone just said you are. Audrey Clay. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) All right, here we go. And sometimes that is how it goes, isn't it? Maybe the Lord didn't even wake you up or didn't wake me up to talk about peace. Maybe it wasn't even for you. Maybe it was for me. Here's the second thing, danger sign that we see, is you're more fascinated with gadgets than with God. You know, some of us, we have an addiction to our phones. And this, this, listen, I I will say this, this applies to both older and younger. How do you know if you're addicted to your phone? This week, go to work and leave your phone at home. Some of you are already like, I don't know if I could. A few months back, I uh, actually had left my phone at home and uh, got to church and was like, oh my goodness, I left my phone at home. How are people going to get a hold of me as my phone's sitting on my desk? How, how are people going to know? Like, all these, like my, my brain is just is saying all this to me. Because why? Because I've become addicted to my gadgets. I've become addicted to those things that are around me. We're addicted more to those things than we are to the Lord. Are you anxious? Are you nervous if you don't have your phone on you? Some of us are so addicted to our phones that literally it has become a part of you. And it's like, you're like, I can't leave. I can't go anywhere with it. I'm sitting there in the airport yesterday. And you know how many phones people are just literally, no one's talking to each other. They're all just sitting there like this. This guy is literally on the plane next to me, uh, like in the seat right across from me. He literally, the entire time that he was on the flight, scrolled through Facebook. The entire time. 
just sitting there scrolling through Facebook, getting on people's posts and, and posting things on it. I'm like, dude, like an hour and a half you spent on Facebook. He didn't do anything else. Literally an hour and a half just sitting there. Here's another way that we know, like, not only are you more fascinated with gadgets than with God, your favorite compliment has become, wow, you're always so busy. Man, you're so busy. Kasha and I actually, we, we actually try to fight against this because a lot of people will say this to us. They'll say, man, you're just so busy, Pastor Brian. And we're like, no, we're really not that busy. But then I have to sit there and go, why, why would people think that we're so busy? Are we putting off this persona like we're so important and we're so busy? Because it's not a compliment. When someone looks at me and says, man, Pastor Brian, I know, you're, I know you're so busy. It's not a compliment to me. In fact, I'm like, oh, man, I have not found a good rhythm then in my life. I, I'm, I, we need to find rhythm in life. Because our favorite compliment should not be, wow, you're so always so busy. The next thing is this, is, is you don't have time for the ones you love. When we find ourselves being so busy, what happens is, is, is we're go, go, going. We think we got to do the next thing that we actually, and I've seen this, I see this with couples a lot, where literally they don't even talk with their spouse anymore because they're so busy. One spouse is going over here, one spouse is going over here. Can I just say, you've got to figure out how to make sure that that does not happen. We've got to resolve to go down a different path. So Jesus, throughout the scriptures, inspires us to these things. And I was sitting there this week, and I was just looking through, okay, where are the moments where Jesus actually says peace to different areas of our lives? And so four areas of peace where he says this. In John 14, verse 27, he says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled. Let them or neither let them be afraid. What does Jesus say? Peace I leave with you. My peace, my peace, I give to you. So you and I have peace. It's found in the presence of God. You and I can have peace in the midst of things. So where are the four areas that we see Jesus speaking peace to? The first is this, it's our circumstances. The next is our body. The next is our soul. And the next is our relationships. So four areas of peace, our circumstances, our body, our soul, and our relationships. Let's look at the first, our circumstances. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41 says this. On that day when the evening had come, he said to them, now Jesus is saying this, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. Now pause there for a minute. The disciples, everyone else, they're up there, they're on the boat. Jesus is like, dude, it's time to rest. It's been a long day. I'm just going to go down and hang out. And uh, I'm just going to be in right over here. I'm going to go to sleep. Jesus is sleeping. The winds and the waves are coming in. Jesus is like, this is fantastic. It's like a bath. The water's coming in, you know. Like, he's just, he's just, he's out. He's resting in the midst of a storm. 
the disciples, we know, are kind of freaking out. Oh no, what's happening? Because why? The disciples are focused on their circumstances, forgetting who's with them in the boat. The disciples were focused on their circumstances, forgetting who was with them in the boat. Can I just say, so many times we focus in our circumstances and forget who's with us every day. Christ is with you. So even when the storms come, even when the waves come, even when those things happen, man, just remember Jesus is here. All right, Jesus, it's looking a little crazy out here today, but I know you're with me, and I know you got this. So I'm not going to let anyone steal my peace. Little waves, little wind, no big deal. No big deal. Why? Because I got peace. How do I have peace? Because I have Christ. So it says this, He awoke and rebuked the wind and said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. See, in the midst of your circumstances, the key that you and I have to remember is this, is Jesus is with you. In fact, you'll see this common theme throughout. And when Jesus is with you, some of, some of us just need to stand up in the midst of our circumstances and just be like, all right, peace. I can't tell you the amount of times where I've literally, Kasha and I had maybe gotten into an argument or something like that, and I would step aside for a little bit, and I would literally just say, God, will you just, will you just bring peace over this, what's going on here? Just peace. I'm just speaking peace over it. Because right now, there's not peace, and I know that's not what you want, God. Peace over my children. Come on, there are times where literally it's like the demands and pressures of what's coming at my own kids. It's like peace over them. Peace over them. When I see things going on with the staff here, it's like peace over them. Peace over our church. Peace over what's going on around us. Like We need to be speaking peace in the circumstances that are around us. That's what Jesus modeled for us. He just said peace. Peace peace. See, some of you, you're like, you've been praying so long that God would get you out of your workplace when maybe the thing you need to do is you need to stand up in your workplace and just declare peace over it. Maybe God doesn't want you to leave your workplace. Maybe he just wants you to take the authority that he's already given you to actually speak peace over your workplace and to be a person who actually changes your workplace. We can't always leave the environments that the Lord has actually put us in. It's our circumstances. The next is this is our body. Mark chapter 5. Verse 24, Jesus once again, it says, A great crowd followed him, thronged about him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years who had suffered much under many physicians. So she's already been going to people. She's been She's Anyone, can anyone help me? She's talked to all the doctors. She had spent all that she had. So she's invested all of her money, all of her resources, everything she's had to try to find a solution to the problem in her life. And it says this, and was no better, but rather grew worse. Ever felt that way? But she heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And then look what Jesus says. 
skip down a few verses because then the disciples step in and because Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Jesus, what do you mean who touched me? Like there's a big crowd of people. There's tons of people around. No, 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 no. Someone touched me in faith. Someone touched me in faith. Someone reached out to me in faith. And this is what he says. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. So then he says, now go in what? In peace. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. She knew all she had to do was just get a touch. If I could just get in God's presence, if I, if, if I could just get in the presence of Jesus and just touch the hem of his garment, that's all I need. I don't need a whole lot. If I can just get in Jesus' presence and just reach out and touch him, I know that I can be healed. See, some of us, what we need to be doing with our bodies right now is you need to be going, I just need to get in God's presence because this day right now is the day where if I could just be in God's presence and I could just reach out and I could just touch him, then I know that I could be healed. Rita wrote this on Facebook the other day. She said, I'm so thankful for God for so many things during this difficult time in my life. He's seen me through. And then she says this, if you're walking through a difficult season in your life and don't have an intimate relationship with the Lord, then please talk with me. For God's love is unfailing, and nothing can separate us from his love. Guess what my word is for 2018? Love. Then she wrote, didn't see that one coming, Pastor Brian. See, what you don't know is Rita has been going through a big challenge. She got a bad doctor's report. Cancer. Not the report anyone wants. And yet what I've watched is I've watched a woman walk through a season where her body is saying, this is what's going on, but she's just walked in peace. She's just walked in peace throughout the whole thing. Does that mean it has been easy? No. Does anyone want to walk through a season like that? No. But when we remember that in the presence of Jesus, one touch from Jesus can change everything, then we begin thinking differently, we process through differently, and what Jesus has spoken over you and I is peace to your circumstances, peace to your body, and then he's also spoken peace to your soul, to your soul. So Jesus was having a conversation with a sinful woman in Luke chapter 7, verse 47. It says this, Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. So there's people all gathered around. The woman is, is anointing Jesus. She's crying out to Jesus. She's, she's showing honor to Jesus in this moment. People around her are questioning why Jesus would allow a sinful woman to touch him. Don't you know who she is? Don't you know what she's done? And Jesus basically says, yeah. Man, her sins are many. But then he gives the key. He says they're forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little ones loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And then those who were among them at the table uh, with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And then look what he said to the woman. He says to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in what? Peace. Every encounter that Jesus has with people. Now what is her need? Her need isn't a, she doesn't need a physical healing in her body. She needs forgiveness from sin. 
The first moment that we look at, that was circumstances. The next one that we saw here was someone who needs a touch in their body physically. This woman, she needs forgiveness from sin. She has many sins. Everyone knows about it. She's, she, was the, uh, she would have been the, the local um, bad person of town. <laughs> we'll just say that. She's the one who everyone knows all the things about her, and here she is meeting with Jesus. She has a great need in her life. Her need is, is she needs to be forgiven of her sins. And what Jesus speaks to, he says, listen, your sins are forgiven. And then he says, now go in peace. You and I should be people who are walking in peace. We should be walking in peace in everything that we're looking at. Everything around us, we should be walking in a confidence and peace. Like, my sins have been forgiven. My life has been completely changed. I have peace. Jesus says, peace I give you. The last one I want to focus in this morning is this is our relationships. Our relationships. Mark chapter 9, verse 50, Jesus once again is speaking here, and he says, salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? It's interesting because Jesus is saying this whole thing, and last week I talked about this, the whole idea of salt and how we are to influence those who, who are around us. He goes on to say, though, have salt in yourselves. So he's basically saying, listen, be an influence to others. Influence those who are around you. And then he says, and be at what? Peace with one another. Be at peace with one another. See, they all work together. Sometimes our circumstances that we're facing in life are because we have not allowed forgiveness to take place, which then causes us not to be at peace in our lives with others, which actually many times then causes our bodies to be sick. I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've seen how all these different things happen where literally people who are hanging on to unforgiveness towards another person are literally finding themselves sick in body, literally finding themselves at no peace in their circumstances, literally finding themselves in moments where they're like, I, I, I just, I don't know what else to do. Can I just challenge you with this? Jesus says it to them again. He says, listen, peace be with you. Peace be with you. John chapter 20 says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. For as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. It's interesting because Jesus here is appearing to his disciples after the resurrection. All the moments that we heard prior to this were pre-resurrection, pre-the cross. So just like, everyone look at me real quick. Like, this is like, you got to get this. Your circumstances, your relationships, your soul, all those pieces, your body. Jesus promises peace to all those things pre-resurrection. Okay? So pre the cross and pre the resurrection, Jesus is speaking to all those areas. Okay? Now, after the resurrection... After the cross has happened, this is when he then says this. He says to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, 
receive the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Lord spoke to me when I was doing this study was, Brian, the way that peace is with you always, not to where you're trying to conjure it up, oh, I have these circumstances, I need peace in it. Oh, I, my body is here. Oh, oh my, my soul. Like the way that you have peace at all times, because that's what Jesus said. He said, peace be with you. Like it's with you all the time. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. All these different moments that Jesus is speaking that it comes through a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I never thought of this before. How do I have peace in my life in the midst of some of the most difficult times? It's because I have the Holy Spirit living and active and moving in my life. And because the Holy Spirit's active and moving in my life, it's not only a power source for me, but it literally provides peace to my life. Because now I'm no longer worrying about what's going on around me. I just rest back in the arms of a good father and say, oh, I've got the Holy Spirit who actually is doing all the work around me. Oh man, he's so good. You see, letting ourselves be who we are and who God's called us to be is really this huge step. You are a son and a daughter of the king. You are a part of his family and you have his resources at your disposal. You are a son and a daughter of the king. Listen, your circumstances, your body, your relationships and your soul can all be at peace through Jesus. And Jesus said, listen, you have peace in me, peace I give you, and now receive the Holy Spirit because you're going to need power to keep moving forward. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to keep pressing on. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Listen, you and I are sons and daughters of the King. And so Jesus says, peace I leave you. My peace, I give you. And Jesus' invitation is so profound and yet so simple. The invitation is to come and find rest in him. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet across this room today. Because I believe that God desires to actually deliver on his promise of peace that he has for you and for me. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. See, some of us just need to slow down. Just slow down. Just spend some time resting. I don't think I have to convince you that God is good. But I think for some of us today, what we've got to do is we just have to be willing to just rest. It's all going to be here. It'll still be here tomorrow. We just got to slow down and allow our bodies and our minds and our souls 
to receive from the Lord. Jesus tells us in John 16, listen to these words. Keep your eyes closed for a moment because I want you just to, I want you to picture the Father right now saying these things to you right now. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. And in me, you have peace. In me, you have peace. I know the demands are there. But in Jesus, you can have peace. In Jesus, you can find rest. In him, you can find everything you need. Come on, his presence is here in this place. His presence is here in this place, in these times, in these moments right here. Come on, just breathe it in. Father, I know for many of us, myself included, We've become addicted to things in life, like busyness. And God, I believe that today you're saying, slow down, find rest, find peace. God, even now, many of us in our minds are trying to figure out how do I even do that? And so God, I pray that today, right now, in this moment, in this time, you would deposit just one simple step. So I'm going to ask you to do something because I feel like the Lord spoke one simple step to many people in this room here today. And here's what I know. I know that accountability is a big piece for us in our lives. And so I'm going to ask you if you feel comfortable, and I understand some of you may be like, no, I just, I just don't. Maybe there's someone not, you don't feel comfortable with the people around you, that's fine. But, but I'm going to ask you to do this. I, I'm just going to ask you to just share that one thing that you're like, man, I, I, I felt like the Lord spoke this to my heart in this moment. I just want you to share it with just one person. It could be your spouse. It, it could be someone around you. It could be a complete stranger because, hey, they don't even know. <laughs> but right now, I just, I just want you just to share that one thing, the one thing that the Lord's speaking to your heart of maybe something that you need to just one simple step of how you can run after peace. And you can do that. And then after that, you'll be dismissed. The prayer team will be up front. They'd love to pray with you and believe God for a breakthrough in your life. So if there's anything you need prayer over, we would love to pray with you about that. But just share it with one person, just one person who's around you. And then I'm gonna ask you this. Next week, I want you to find that person and just follow up with them. So if it's your spouse, then it's a little easy because you should probably come to church with them. But, um, but just, just find that one person right now and just share that one thing. 
We love you guys. We'd love to see you this Wednesday night. We have groups that are meeting. We have things going on for the students and the remix and downstairs and Bethany kids. God's doing great things. But just share that one thing, and then you guys are dismissed. The prayer team will be up front.